The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. listening to Fresh FM, my name is Matt and that music means it's once again time for another Nelson Film Society film preview and I'm joined on the line today, first time for the year from Ali Cave, joining us from Auckland. Kia ora Ali, how are you? Kia ora Matt, I'm, I'm good, very good thank you. Excellent, really nice to catch up with you again, we've had Chris in studio for the last few weeks and I think we're going to have a run of talking to you which is, it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the film uh, season up there has just kicked off, I think, and the film that's about to show here is one that you've just seen. Is that right? That's right. Um, this is our, uh, well, our second film for Nelson of this season, and it comes from Hong Kong. And yes, we opened with it on Monday up in Auckland. Okay. So this is Wong Kar Wai's cult classic of 2000, In the Mood for Love. Mm. And it might be just what all of us need in these <laughs> fragile times. <laughs> you could be right there, Ellie. You could well be right. So, it, tell us, has, tell us. It has a love story so tender. It, it truly is about love itself. It's in Cantonese and Mandarin, and it's just over one and a half hours. The story revolves around a man, Chao Mo Wan, played by Tony Leung, and a woman, Su Li Jung, or Mrs. Chan, played by Maggie Chung. Along with their spouses, they move into neighboring apartments in Hong Kong in 1962. We never actually see their spouses during the film. They are frequently out of town on business or having to deal with personal matters. Wong skillfully has them speaking off-camera, or they'll film their backs only. And then learning more about Chow and Sue, Chow is a newspaper journalist, and Sue, a secretary, we see, not surprisingly, they both lead rather lonely lives. Initially, they are just two neighbors, but circumstances find Chow and Sue reaching out to each other. And then they each discover that they're often absent spouses are having an affair with each other. Ooh. And this is when Chow and Su Li Jen's feelings for each other are allowed to develop into something much stronger than just friendship. Right. But this is as far as it goes. Their feelings grow stronger, but neither one wants to stoop to the level of their unfaithful spouses. This is a relationship that is never going to happen. And Wong Kar Wai, who also wrote the script, carefully develops his story of unrequited love in measured steps. He creates a mood of desire and regret over things done and not done. And he peppers his scenes with dignity and decency, all the while heightening the intensity of the lover's romantic longings. The 
subject and the tension will linger far longer in the mind than any one relationship will ever last. Chow invites Sue to help him write a martial arts series. And due to pressure from society, he rents a room in a hotel so they can work undistracted rather than subject themselves to the gossip of the two being in the same apartment. Chow is offered a job in Singapore, and he asks Sue to come with him. But she arrives too late at the hotel and just misses him. Similar situations present themselves over a number of years when Chow and Sue's paths almost come together, but then don't. Wong's films are characterized by non-linear narratives, atmospheric music, and here we are lulled by the gentle and dreamy voice of Nat King Cole singing Aquaeus Ojos Verdes. I thought we were going to hear In the Mood for Love. I'm in the mood for love, but no, that's okay. <laughs> and then also listening to Michael Galasso's original music. The cinematography, created by Christopher Doyle and later by Mark Lee Pingbing, displays what has become another of Wong's traditional trademarks, using bold and saturated colors. They have created a stunningly beautiful mood, using slow-motion blurs, focusing on the wafting circle of cigarette smoke indoors, sudden downpours outside, which bring the lovers together with a dim street light and the steamy heat of Hong Kong's alleyways and downstairs noodle shops all contribute to a dreamlike environment and the mood for love. This is a director who is noted for his atmospheric films about memory, longing, and the passage of time, and it no doubt reflects many of his own feelings. Wong's personal story starts as a young lad who had to adapt to a new culture and a new language and different dialects when his family moved from Shanghai to British Hong Kong. Two of his older brothers were left behind in China. When starting out in the film business, Wong initially wrote for soap operas and crime drama before he began touching on a more personal filmmaking style. While Wong was making In the Mood for Love, he was also in the process of developing several other films, and he frequently used the same actors and production teams. So Tony Leung and Maggie Chung were working together on sequels to In the Mood for Love at the same time as this. Wow. As part of his creative process, Wong did not have a plot or structure for the film in advance, nor did he have all the characters scripted. He would operate on instinct and intuition. Where this story was initially intended to cover a time span of 10 years, the director found he needed to shorten the final viewing time, and so the story ends in 1966 in Cambodia. Although the film wasn't completed until 2000, it had a long gestation period, and some of the original footage had to be discarded in this film, but was later reshot for a later one. So I believe this is a film that audiences will enjoy, seeing love with all its baggage, so beautifully portrayed, and perhaps I was slightly misleading when I said at the beginning that this is a film about love itself, exclusively. I like what Peter Travers, the 
Rolling Stones wrote, It is a film about love, yes, but also betrayal, loss, missed opportunities, memory, the brutality of time's passage, loneliness, the list goes on. There's something in it for everyone. And when the film has ended, the stories and emotions want to linger for longer. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just going to jump in here. So to, to, to me, it sounds tragic, but beautiful. I don't know. It's it just the way you've sort of led me through it with the fact that these people, you know, with all their, their close misses and what could have been and what... Uh, does it have a feeling of tragedy? No, because they, they're so composed, or she is so composed. Right. She is, she's just, I won't say stoic, but you, you get the feeling, you, you, you know that these feelings are inside. They have to be. Yeah. And she's sad about her, her husband, but she wants to stay with her husband. And, and um, he, I think, would be making the first move if he could. But he respects her, and he's a very composed person as well. So you don't get the feeling of, you know, lots of tears and, and, and emotions just bubbling out. Right. As you might in the West. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, yeah, it, it sounds reasonably alien the way everybody does say, stay so composed and, you know, I guess true to to where they're heading maybe with this. I, I sort of think of modern Western culture that people are more likely to just sort of hook up and that sort of thing. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. But the beauty of the filming is just, you just get lost in it, you know. It's really like being in a dream. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely. And, and, and she is beautiful and all the different uh, kimonos that she wears, you know, all the costumes. I didn't mention yeah. that, but that also, and sometimes you get hints of maybe the color of that kimono she's wearing today, that red probably reflects the emotion she's uh, feeling, but she's, you know, maybe not showing. So yeah. <laughs> it's hinted at. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the director's style with the fact that it's obviously was so open-ended with his not having everything defined. Do you think that is... Has he carried on with that style, do you know, in other work, or...? Yes, and I think that's why he has to... Well, you know, the advantage of using the same people yeah. and production team and actors. So they they, they are like a family. They, they almost know what, what the other's going to say, you know? Yeah. I don't know the other films, though, so I mean, right. I didn't see a sequel to this, or, okay. um, so I can't really say for sure, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, look, it sounds absolutely amazing, as so many of the films that come through the Film Society do. Uh, now, have you been to Hong Kong yourself? I did pass through Hong Kong. had an interesting experience there, mm -hmm. which I won't go into. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, we'll leave, we'll leave that parked, but... Um, it's obviously portraying a Hong Kong of a different time to, to today as well. Absolutely. And of course, this was British Hong Kong uh, that, that the director yeah. went into, you know. So it's a, yeah, it is helpful to, to know the history a little bit of, of when it was handed over 
by yeah. the British to the Chinese, you know? Yeah. It's hard to quite formulate how, how I feel about what you've described. Now, obviously, you've, you've said that it, it lingers. So it is a movie that has stayed with you after you've walked out of the cinema, yeah? I think so, yeah. And that's good. I, that's, to me, the mark of a good film. Whether you've enjoyed the film or not, if it does stick with you beyond... Because I went and saw um, the Foo Fighters movie the other day, Studio 666. It was a, a you know, play on horror and stuff, and it's easily forgettable as soon as you walk out. It, it's sort of gone. <laughs> but you're talking about it now. But so. yeah, yeah, but yeah, I am talking about it now. But I, I do like something that, whether it challenges or whether there's just things that that keep popping up but to me that's a mark of uh, something that's you know extended beyond the screen itself and this this is one that is recognized you know in i didn't make a note of all of them but the top 10 on this list and you know of great films gone by you know and the top one in in the top 100 and something else you know yeah so it is certainly only one to watch. Yeah. yeah. So I'm getting the feeling that you would recommend that people do check it out at uh, the Suter on Tuesday night. Yeah. And I'll be interested to know what the feedback is with that star system that, that you all have down there, how the audience likes it. Yeah, it will be interesting. Look, I'm sure it's something that is going to do, you know, reasonably, reasonably well. I'm still quite blown away by. You know, what you've talked about, the director's style being so free-flowing, that could go so horribly bad. Who was the director again? Wong Kar Wai. Okay, cool. Uh, who has made other films, but this is the only one that you've seen at this stage, yeah? That's right. All right. So, from Ellie Cave, sounds like a bit of a recommendation for In the Mood for Love. Now, of course, you can go to the Nelson Film Society website. It is, uh, I think it's nzfilmsociety.co.nz. If you Google Nelson Film Society, it comes up in the Google search fairly quickly, so you'll be able to get a little bit more information there. But, Ellie, thank you for our first conversation of the year. Sounds like a good movie. I'm pleased you've enjoyed it and that you did get to see it on the big screen before we've had our discussion today. Okay, yes. Cool. Thank you. Hey, no problem at all. You enjoy the rest of your week, and I think we're going to be talking again next week about the next film coming up at the Nelson Film Society. Good. Look forward to it. Okay, Ellie, we'll talk to you next week. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.